Sarah Vine. This is Sarah Vine's Female Half Hour from Mel Plus, and I'm joined this week, as every week, by my lovely friend and co-host, Emerton Edwards-Jones. Good morning. <laughs> I suddenly thought, Perry, I should speak. You sound very perky. I am very perky. I've had about 16 <clears throat> cups of coffee. I should tell the listener that Imogen and I went a bit out on the brass last night. Yes, I drank, we drank wine. We drank drink. wine, and I think we ordered a second bottle. Yes, we did. We did. We didn't finish it, but we did order. Oh, a I think we bottle. did. Oh, you finished it. You must, I think I might have done you it. <laughs> um, we had a very nice time. Mm, um, we did. Yes, and sort of slightly rolled home in various yes, taxis quite early. Well, actually, I feel very perky this no, morning. I've had quite a lot of coffee. It's fine. <laughs> But it's a good day because Nazanin's out, which is I great. Know, I felt like celebrating last night because Nazanin mm. was released. And mm. I feel that it's just, I don't know. I was really, really genuinely quite made mm. up last night that she got let out. Mm. Um, and I think it's... Finally a bit of good news. Exactly, finally a bit of good news. And also just that thing where, you know, a good thing happened to a good person. Yes. As opposed to a bad thing happening to a good person, which is what normally seems to happen these days. Well, exactly. And also, I think her and her husband, who's called Richard, if I'm, mm. right, if I'm not wrong, is sort of, it's romantic, mm. the whole thing. And he has campaigned tirelessly. Yeah, there's something about yeah. him just sort of, you know, never giving up yes. on his wife. I like that. Yes, exactly. I, I don't imagine it'll be easy for them, though, because I think probably coming back, Re-entry is never, never I think easy. it's very hard if you've been away for yeah. a very long time. And also he has been through such... I mean, she's been through a hugely difficult yeah. experience, obviously. Yeah. But so has he. So has he. So, you know, it's like And that their daughter, of... I mean, she... Their daughter's now seven, and I think Nazanin was arrested in imprisonment. The child was two, mm. which is... Those are very crucial years. Mm. So they're going to need to do a lot of work. Well, good luck to them both. Mm. Good luck to them both. Yeah. Anyway... We've got quite a lot of interesting things on this week's Oh, yes, show. can't wait. Very excited. So we're, we're talking to lovely uh, Cumberland Pier Lord Alf Dubs, oh. who was a refugee on the Kinder Transport, age six. Nicest man in the world. We're going to be talking to Maureen Lippman. That's Dame exciting. Maureen Lippman. Ology. Ology. <laughs> Dameology. No one, no one knows what that is she apart actually, from you if and she me. Ever does a, do you, if she ever does an autobiography, I do hope she calls it Dameology. Do you think Dameology could be funny? We're that old that with anyone who remember the, Brit, the British <laughs> no, Telecom we're not. ad. Every, everyone remembers the Are British, you sure? Yes, everyone remembers okay. the British Telecom ad. And if they don't, they could go and look at it on the YouTube. Yes, Because it's all true. Good. Yes. And of course, we're going to be also talking to our lovely resident astrologer, Teresa Chung about mm. can you say it please in the right accent <laughs> Volodymyr Zelensky yes thank you excellent yes well yes. anyway we're doing his stars aren't we yes we are yeah. doing his stars yes hello Dame Maureen <laughs> hello Dame Sarah <laughs> <laughs> hello Dame hello, Maureen <laughs> hello Dame Imogen <laughs> oh you're very sweet there is, there is nothing like us and my doctor you don't even know why I'm introducing you because no, everyone there's knows no need who you are. to it's pointless anyway it's very lovely to talk to you thank you what are you doing at the moment what am I doing? Um, um, mm. <laughs> I've started work at seven o'clock this morning uh, oh, over gosh. at the House of Coronation. Basically, I go in, I do my own makeup and hair. They leave me in my clothes outside my room. This is all post-COVID, of course. Yeah. And then I went on the steps outside the undertaker's house and they brought me my dog. And I came up, <laughs> fluffed my lines twice, and oh, then filmed, <laughs> filmed the scene. It was quite funny. Um, it was a, you know, a woman coming out the Undertakers and, and going off, and, and Evelyn, the character, saying um, she used to work in Fowler's Fashions in the old parade where I lived. If I close my eyes, I can still smell them cubicles. <laughs> mm, wow. <laughs> used to go in there for a skirt, and you'd come out with scurvy. 
<laughs> it's very <laughs> it's very in <laughs> very good are you living there now are you perhaps you well, moved back not really living i come up on a monday and i tend right. to do you know the week and then you know i was always rushing back at weekends because my late partner was there in in gerald mm. cross i had to go there and here Gerard's i, cross I, I live in a sort of sky rise type place I look out on a lock uh, of the canal and, uh, very fashionable. and a building site. I can I know. just ask you, um, Dame Mo, is it very sort of exhausting to be working full time now? Do you know what I mean? Because I, I hats off to you because, because I personally would be sitting on the sofa having a cup of tea watching some telly myself. I reckon that if I was interviewing you in 15 mm. years' time, you might not yeah. say that. Because yeah, the probably. Fact is, as long as you're well, you don't feel any different. You feel yeah. the same daft, clever, stupid individual you've always been. Mm. Uh, and so if the phone doesn't ring and if there are not three things on the on simmering on at first time, you, you, you immediately despair and think that everybody hates you. Yes. Mm. Yeah, so, yes, so I see. I, yeah. I, um, I'm busier probably than, I, than I've ever been. There's a measure of luck in it because you know it's everybody is not enjoying as much work as I am and I'm no. I, I, you know I'm very grateful for it because I you know perhaps I don't need quite this this much of a uh, an anvil on my back but you know it's very hard and I'm I'm not very you know I'm not terribly social or networky at all as a person mm-hmm. but I'm not in any of those kind of I imagine the Stephen Fry, Emma Thompson, uh, Kenneth Branagh type. I'm not in any clique. Flitting so, around from social no, event to social event. I can event. see you at a drinks party in Crouch End. I, I can see you at a drinks party in Crouch End, <laughs> probably wearing something. Rather... Yes, that's where they all hang out. I oh, mean, I'm a fine it... guest. Yes, I bet. <laughs> no, I'm a fine guest. I'm just, you know, I'm not that much of a host. So, you, don't, you know, it's my own fault, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. But also, also <sighs> I mean, having lost two partners, presumably... You know, it's quite nice to do lots of work because it sort of fills the gaps a bit, doesn't it? It does. And, you know, I, I have a lot of remorse about putting myself first in so many occasions because I think you do. Uh, mm. You sit and ruminate and think, well, how would it have been if I had actually said, yes, I'll marry you and I'll come and live in Gerald's Cross? You know, I can't even excuse it really to myself. I... I just obviously need to do this job, mm. however mm. much, you know. And yeah, I, was I think there women. For, I think women feel him. very guilty about doing what it is that they really want to do. Men never do. No, that's true. Men they just really do don't. what they want to do. That's the end of it. Yeah, yeah. They walk out, shut the front door, and go off and yeah. do whatever they fancy. So I don't think you should feel guilty about it. And <laughs> no. since you have an immense talent for it, it would be. A, it's not I mean, so much a guilt to the rest ca- of us. Yes, it's not so much guilt as a kind of remorse because. You do know somewhere in your soul that if you try to be everything to everybody, you will end up with people doing a eulogy for you. Mm, you know, mm, because absolutely. you can't, you can't do it all. I, I, I you know, I try to be a, a good grandmother, and my God, I, I, I am absolutely enchanted by my two grandchildren. I try to be a good mother, but you can't, you can't do it all. You're not bloody superhuman, Sarah. Mm. So, no, uh, quite. And we, I think also you know, those around you need to remember that you're. It's also your life. Mm. 
You know, I think that's very difficult. I think women find it very difficult to remind the people that rely on them that, mm. you know, they, they are also people who have a life and but, desires. But also and if you have a talent and a passion and a, an ability, which is obviously what you have, if you don't use it, that also makes you deeply unhappy and miserable. That mm. makes you very depressed if you don't actually do what, what you're good at. Yeah. I mean, it's what we do is not rocket science, but it is passionate. And if you've got a vocation, then you're not really working. You're doing mm. stuff that you, you love. And I'm not very good at relaxing. I, I had my last holiday when Theresa May did that little dance at the Tory party concert. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love really, the way that's I, in your calendar. <laughs> <laughs> I do, I'm like you. I'm also the same. People keep saying to me, my boss keeps saying to me, you need a holiday, Sarah. Mm. And I keep saying there's no yeah. point in going on holiday because I'll just sit there and worry about Be all the things that I haven't about, done. Yes, exactly. exactly. I need to finish everything before I can go on holiday. Mm. And because I can never finish anything, I can never go on holiday. No. That's so well, you, true. You've been on holiday the, with me before and all you do is sit on your laptop doing extra work <laughs> I was sitting there with a glass of wine and a fag go come on let's do something no sorry I've just got to do this <laughs> yeah it's true well, you, what you need I've discovered late in life what one needs is a holiday that's more than 10 days or two weeks because oh, it's only in the yes. third or fourth week of a holiday and I've only done this once in my life it's only in that week that you do actually feel yourself relaxed the rest okay. of the time, you're just busy trying to tell yourself you're having a good time. Mm. Yeah. What you need to do is get one of those travel programs like Joanna Lumley. Yeah. So you can earn some money and do some work while have, having a nice holiday. Actually, Damon, <laughs> that was a so brilliant that is idea. Not what I have to do. <laughs> I don't think so. I think you know. I think it would be be lovely to do what Joe does, and she obviously yeah. enjoys it. But I never want to see another airport as long as I live. So, <laughs> Fair oh, enough. Yeah. Well, you could go on a driving tour. You could have yes. a nice, you could have a nice convertible car. She doesn't want another brush up her nose. That's oh, the, basically right. the thing. Oh, fair you enough. Know, no, I get that. Enough COVID testing, I imagine. I get. That. I imagine I the good think... thing about that sort of holiday, and I've done a sort of round Britain one with Larry Lamb, yeah. is that somebody plans your schedule for you, so you don't yes. feel like a lazy lump if you just sit by the pool with the lady mm. Dan Tyler, and yet you are. You know, you're really going to see the country you're in. Yes, so that's if true. If someone yeah. planned it for me and took me to visit Lima's and took me, and I didn't actually have to put some eye concealer on and, and face <laughs> the world. <laughs> you know, I'm writing this I up as a proposal that, right that, now. That is the advantage, of course, of face masks, isn't it? Is <laughs> yeah. that they hide all the jowls. Yes, that's I'm true. I'm really yeah. sad that we're not wearing them anymore. Ever since I stopped well, wearing them, I've decided I need a facelift. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah, I know. Rude. You do. <laughs> No, well, I heard that. about I heard about a girl today who's having Botox at the age of twenty, and it happens no. to be a girl who I saw her photograph and I said, "My God, isn't she a pretty girl?" And oh, no. you know, there's something very wrong with us. There really is. Yes, I mean, uh, yes. What that's what we were discussing that last on? night, Sarah and I. Last night we were just discussing it. What is wrong with all of us? Yes. All the men look like they've eaten a beach ball and can walk around. <laughs> <laughs> balancing a pint on their stomach and the rest of us are all trying to keep yeah. look like they're we're 23 i don't I understand i think they should be, i think mirrors I th everywhere there's a lot to be said you know for, for the nun story with audrey Hepburn. there's a lot to be said every bloody lift you get into every overhead lighting in marks and spencers it's just you know it depresses <laughs> you and sends you straight to the botox I, you know I, but i'm so scared of anything like that and so you know and, and have you and ever I had any of, of that done 
Well, no, I haven't had any Botox. I'm completely unfilled. I could do with it in a few... <laughs> Not unfulfilled, but unfilled. I could do with a couple of both. I could do with Botox in the breast. Well, you know, you know what? There's this yeah. brilliant, there's this brilliant thing that you can see. I think the problem actually is the camera phones on the phone and mm. the Instagram and the selfies. Mm. But there's this brilliant trend going around on the thing called TikTok, mm. where, where it's basically, as far as I can tell, it's a device which is two pieces of sellotape attached to a string, an mm. elastic band, and you stick the sellotape on the side of your face, and then you put the elastic round band around the back, and it just pulls everything back. I could do and that. And it looks brilliant, and you can put it on and take it off. But there is a certain dame who we all know who has been doing that for many years yes oh that's and funny she looks, she looks extremely um good if somewhat dated yes i think i know who you're talking about <laughs> let's, let's not it share. would be rude to share but didn't didn't wasn't there some very famous actress like lily langtry who did that really what just put sellotape on her just to tuck a pair of i don't know a bull well, clips I mean, to her I, ears. I think you can you can clamp something to either side, and and but my problem is not having jowls or having mm. you know a, a, having to drag it all back. My face has just got puckered. <laughs> oh yes, yes. yes. Got, Mine's got you know, Mine's got, got that too. Mm, I don't like yeah. it when I see it, so I've stopped watching that for. But I guess the time <laughs> will come when. The time will come when I say that's that's it. I, you know, as Nora Ephron, you know, I I feel yeah. bad about my neck. But my neck, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Well, no, you've Set got a very handsome face. You've yes. Got a... Well, that's why you wear a polo neck, obviously, yeah. which is what I'm wearing today. Oh, yes, you're really? wearing a polo neck. Yeah, polo neck. Always. I believe yes. they're trendy again. Only for those over the age of fifty. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping it all together. <laughs> well, Dame Maureen, that was so lovely to talk to you. I'm not sure we've resolved any major issues with the world, mm. but it's just a joy and a delight, really. Okay, my love. Well, thank you for that. Good luck on the street. Yes, <laughs> good luck on the street. Good luck on the mail, on the mall. <laughs> Bye. 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 Lord Alfdubs spoke out this week on the government's shambolic handling of the refugee crisis. Mm-hmm. The Cumbrian peer has worked with refugees all his life and was one himself, aged six, when he came to the UK from Czechoslovakia on the so-called kinder transport organised by Sir Nicholas Winton. He joins me now from the House of Lords. Hello, Lord Dubs. Thank you very much for agreeing to speak to us. Good morning. So I, too, actually wrote a piece about how shambolic the government yes, last week. Um, and then my ex-husband, Michael Gove, has done a whole thing with some refugees. How are you feeling about their response now? Well, it was disappointing because it, it was a slow response. Uh, we could see this coming when the Russian troops were surrounding Ukraine before they attacked. It was fairly clear that they were going to attack and that there would be a large outflow of refugees. Mm-hmm. And so the government did nothing. So the first thing is, we, we should have been ready and we weren't. Now, we're, we're belatedly catching up, and I think it's in response to public opinion. I think the government was actually surprised at the strength of public feeling in support of Ukrainian refugees, and they've been hastily trying to catch up, which is unusual in the case of refugees, but there we are. Are you personally amazed by the amount of people who've offered to house refugees in their homes? Well, I'm delighted. Yeah, I'm pleasantly surprised. It's a more positive response than I would have expected. But yeah, it's a good thing. And let's not knock it. As long as public opinion is supporting refugees, then as a country, we can do well by refugees if the government is aware that is aware of public opinion. Do you think that there's something in the, you know, the memory, the sort of cultural memory that we have of the Second World War that makes us so 
in a funny kind of a way, you know, more engaged with refugees from Ukraine than we might otherwise be. Do you think that we're yeah. sort of, I think that, you know, we really identify with these people quite a lot, don't we? Well, yes, of course, unlike other refugee situations, even, even uh, unlike Syria, we've seen these things much closer to on our screens. Mm. Uh, mm. We've seen photographs. It's all become very much, for those who have memories, it's very much like memories of the bombing in, 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 mm. in, in the Second World War. But even for most people who are younger than that, it's brought it much closer to us than other instances of turmoil and fighting and so on. You came to the UK on the kinder transport, and what was that like for you? It was easy in terms of journey. I wasn't seeing war. I, I mm. came to Britain in, in uh, it was end of June, July 39, uh, mm. and, and it was a two-day train journey. The fact is that if I hadn't got on the train, I don't suppose I'd have survived the Holocaust, but I didn't know that at the time. As a six-year-old, I, I found it bewildering saying goodbye to my mum at, um, uh, at mm. Clark Station uh, mm. with other anxious parents. Uh, and there we were, a hundred or more of us on the train. My father had left Prague in March, pretty well the day the Germans occupied, because he was mm. Jewish. And so I had one good thing, uh, which is uh, that he was waiting for me at Liverpool Street. And who looked after you on the journey? I don't know. Uh, quite frankly, I, I, I have a vision of myself sitting in the carriage. We're all mm. there. I didn't know anybody. And the journey was interminably long. So I have no memory of talking. I must have talked to somebody, but I, I have mm. no memory of that. All I remember is when we got to the Dutch border, the older ones cheered because we were out of reach of the Nazis. And, and I knew something important was happening, but for the life of me, I didn't really understand what, what was going on. And then we got across Holland and then the boat to Harwich and, and then to Liverpool Street. I read somewhere that your mum had made you two sandwiches, neither of which you ate on the journey. Because I, I, were you too nervous or you just wanted to keep something that she'd given you with her, with you? I had no idea. No, I had no idea. My mum my, my mum made some little continental, you know, Czech sausage sandwiches and sandwiches mm. and things. They were in mm. a little backpack and I had no idea. Uh, when I got to London, my father saw and he said, but you've eaten nothing on the whole journey. And I, I wasn't aware of that. I just wasn't oh, aware of it. I, I must have been much more traumatized by it than, than I was aware of. But, you know, as a child, thinking of my childhood memories, I can remember seeing things. I can remember things happening. I can't so easily remember my feelings at the time. Mm, no, exactly. I mean, I do think the thing is, what I think was so wonderful about Sir Nicholas Winton's work was mm. that it was prescient. He understood that something bad was about to happen and he thought, let's get the little ones out. Mm. And I think... It was about 700 children, was yes, it? Yeah. and I think that that's the thing, is that we, as, as you said at the beginning of this conversation, you know, we knew this was coming and yet we had nothing It seems so bizarre that, that we're moving so slowly. Yeah. I don't understand. It wasn't like we were being caught on the hop. I no. mean, it wasn't a shock, was it? I mean, do you think that the controversy and difficulties surround I think a lot of I think a lot of the problem has partly stemmed from the, the difficulty that we've been having with the small boat crossings in Do you think that's Channel. what it is? Mm. And I think the government are very I've struggled a lot to deal with that in a sensible way. Do you think that's had an impact? Yes I do, because although the numbers coming on the small boats on the dinghies mm. are lower and lower numbers 
than were coming on the on the back of lorries or even on the Eurostar. Mm. Uh, the fact is, those people weren't visible. Whereas coming across the channel, they are highly visible. But the majority of the, those who've been coming still get refugee status. They're still accepted as refugees. Mm. So you know, it's just a it's just a pity that, that there's been this atmosphere. And the French haven't helped, of course. But yeah. but, but it's it's a pity that this atmosphere has been created because it's had a negative effect on perceptions of particularly young people who managed to get to Calais. Mm. Yes. So the perceptions of Refugees, mm. is, yeah, I, I agree. So when the refugees are, arrive, Lord Dubs, from your experience, what are the most important things that we should have in place to look after them? What were the things that, if you can remember, that really helped you when you were so little? I think learning English. Uh, I spoke Czech and German. Uh, I had two or three words of English. I think that is absolutely crucial because without English, people can't function. They can't get on. You know, they're stuck. So whether whether it's adults who want the language doing it work or children who want the language so they they can go to school in all cases mm. that 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 is important the other thing is and i'm talking now more about children than about the adults some of them have had long and frightening journeys mm. and and they've escaped war zones and they've been ter- absolutely terrified i'm sure mm. and and whether it's syrians or, or ukrainians they've had this awful Awful, awful experience, which is, I'm sure marked them, marked them for life. So what they also want, particularly children, is some love and affection. I think mm-hmm. they, want, they want a sense of, of a life that can come back into place a bit after all the turmoil. So if we can give them love and affection, and for all, whether it's adults or children, if at a local level we, we, we can, as it were, enable them to become, if they want to, become part of local communities and, and local local activities. And for children, sport, all these things are, are great, great things. I mean, they all they, they all still know David Beckham's name. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's maybe that's taking me a bit. <laughs> but, 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 but you know, sport is a great thing, and the sense of being part of a local community. And, of course, getting jobs for the adults. Mm. And, of course, children are very plastic, aren't they? And they, they learn languages Resilient, very quickly. Yeah. I mean, how long did it take you to learn English when you came across at the age of six? It can't have taken you more than a few weeks. Well, it, it doesn't take long because, because yeah. as, as, I, as I would say in answer, an answer, school playgrounds are tough yeah. places. And to survive in a school playground, you've got to be able to speak the language. So you just learn to survive if, if for mm. no other reason. Oh, I don't know. It, it took me... I was sent to a little school in the summer of 1930, June, July 39. Little school where they were they out of the way to teach us English. And after that, I was just in a school, ordinary school playground, and, and uh, mm. they thought I was a bit odd, a bit different, but but I managed. So, <laughs> so you're proposing a new amendment to the Nationality and Borders Bill, is that right? Well, we had twenty. We got twenty amendments in the Lords, but there was one. In my particular one uh, yes. was about child refugees. And mm. If I can go back a little bit, what happened was that under the EU, we were part of the Dublin Treaty, and something called Dublin Three. It basically said that a refugee child in one EU country can join family relatives in another. So a Syrian mm. boy in France could join an uncle in Birmingham. We managed to get an amendment to the 2017 Act that the government would continue to negotiate so that we would maintain the, the provisions of, of the Dublin, those provisions of the Dublin Treaty, even after we left the EU. That was passed, and then came the 2019 Act, and the government took it out again. Uh, right. So they just removed it, and said there were other ways in which they could look after chief family reunion for children. Well, the trouble is that the evidence is that the numbers have dropped to actually two or three in the last year. 
Uh, so well, I would say that yeah. isn't, isn't true. And, and so the amendment that is part of the 20 amendments the government uh, lost on, on the Borders and Nationality Bill is about child refugees, to, particularly about child refugees, to enable child refugees to, to rejoin their relatives in this country. I can't see why there would be any thing. opposition to that. Yes, exactly. That seems totally normal and fine. Well, I think there was some opposition because there were there were a few instances of people claiming to be children who then weren't children. I think that was the problem, wasn't it? it well, yeah, but that's a, such a tiny percentage I, I know, of people. Know, it just seems pointless to you know. legislate just for a couple of bad apples when everyone else is totally lovely. <laughs> and also, I, I would say that if a 19-year-old comes to Britain, instead mm. of a 17-year-old, it isn't actually the end of the world. The key thing mm. is whether they, are, whether they have a claim to refugee status, I think. But I understand that there was a concern, and it wasn't, it wasn't right, and the age problem did, as it were, undermine the argument for refugees a bit. And mm. so, you know, it's, uh, that, that has gone on. But, but, but I, I think the, the rubber dinghies and things, uh, uh, mm. you know, exacerbated the feeling. But the amendment, my amendment is a straightforward thing. It's just a family reunion. And I don't know who can be yes. against that. I mean, the thing is, is that they, if you really want to worry, if you're really worried about people coming in who are not actually children, you can. there's an excellent age recognition software now mm. that, that will actually look at you and say, this is how old you are. I'm yeah. getting pretty right, actually. Mm. It's what they're going to be using for sort of blocking porn sites and stuff like that. Oh, really? So that, you know, minors can't view stuff. Right. Well, yes, That's you're good. right. <laughs> <laughs> I did it, and it said that I was slightly younger than I am, actually. Oh, my God, how exciting. So I was rather flattered. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good face cream. Actually, what, 43? Oh, well, it said that I was between, what am I, 54? It said that I was between 49 and 51. Oh, gosh. So it's taken at least Look, a year off has. you. So I'll take that. <laughs> Excellent. Well, as, as, a um, man, as a man, I can't get involved in this. I keep out of it. No, you really can't. <laughs> I don't see why not. I don't see why not. No, he can't, he can't. Uh, well, thank you, Lord Dubs. That was oh, very, thank you. very interesting. And good luck with mm. your amendments. I think, uh, I think uh, as you, you say, uh, it's Thank you for your interest, because look, can I just add one thing? The key to this is public opinion. And, mm -hmm. and what people like you do, can I say, is to inform public opinion and get public opinion to be sensitive to the issue. And that, that is so important. So thank you very much. Mm. Thank you. Well, thank we, you. Have a, we have a huge responsibility to try and make these arguments, I yeah. think. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's not well, just about thank, shoes. Thank, <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you, Lord Dubs. Lovely no, thank to you. Speak to you. Good, good to talk to you. Thank, thank you for your interest. All the best. Well, that was the delightful Lord Alf Dubs. Oh, isn't he just the I just, most I charming just man in the world? To, I want to have supper and claret with him now. Yes, exactly. And some Stilton cheese. Some Stilton cheese, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ukraine's president, Volodymyr, how do I say it? Volodymyr. Volodymyr. Here, we have a proper Russian speaker. Could you, <laughs> could you just say it for us? Vol Volodymyr Zelensky. It's not Russian, he's Ukrainian, but yes, there we go. Oh, well, I know, but it's a similar language, <laughs> it is, is it not? Yes. Um, anyway, him. He has inspired the word with his world with his courage since Vladimir Putin. Could you say that in Russian, please? <laughs> Oh, come on. Vladimir Putin. Yes, Putin. Do you know Putin. what I saw the other day? I saw one of those bins that you get in parks. Yes. For putting in dog mess. Mm. And someone had put a picture of him oh, on, on it. And then next to it, underneath they written, poo tin. <laughs> as in a tin that contains poo. poo. I thought that was funny. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> not that there's any humour to be found from this no, thing. No, nothing but at it, all. I did think it was a good thing. Yeah. Anyway, Vladimir Putin's invasion of Zelensky's country. Mm. So... Joining us today is astrologer Teresa Chun, who has peered into the stars to see what the future holds for the man some have described as a Ukrainian Churchill. Yes. Hello, Teresa. Hello. I'm excited to talk about the man of the hour. 
Yes, mm. he's extraordinary, isn't he, really? I mean, he's so charismatic. He reminds me of Hawkeye in the Marvel series. Oh, really? He looks yeah. exactly like <laughs> Hawkeye in that he does. Hawkeye is kind of the one who Which does shoots the arrows. I can't remember. I'm, I'm going to look it up on the internet while um, Teresa says something clever. Yeah. So okay. where, when's his birthday? When's his birthday, Teresa? Well, I mean, cometh the hour, cometh the man. His mm. birthday, you know, I did all these psychological profiles for people born each day of the year. It's the day of destiny. And people born Gosh. on that day, whether, you know, most, the great majority will somehow be wrapped up and capture the zeitgeist of their times. And, right. you know, they just, they don't seek it out. It's just their destiny that they can't somehow become a representative. And it was like, whoa, mm. this guy. But my profiles are, psychological profiles based on astrology, numerology, the science of the time you were born. So I'm going to talk about that astrology of being born the 20th of January in a minute, but I'm just going to talk about the basic psychology now of what, you know, Zelensky has done to the world. I mean, to start women's pulse raising, I mean, just imagine you're waking up and your husband's reaching for a packet of crisps and wondering when the next football match is on. And then there's Zelensky like up there, like this man, <laughs> you know, it's really making us think, I mean, my goodness, what a role model. You know, it's saying, well, what would Zelensky do? Women are ch- chetic, you know, obsessed with him. That's what I'm hearing. And I can understand why, because yeah. he's just too much. He's just Superman, isn't he? He is the kind of archetypal hero, isn't he? Mm. Because on paper, if you look at him, he's not that good looking, mm. but it's all in the charisma and it's all in the way he talks and, and his oh, sort of... And the way he kind of sort of sta- gazes into the camera, he's got that real star quality to him. A guy right now, Zelensky is like, you know, how the guys, you have to wonder if it happened in this country. I mean, you see all these U- Ukrainian men as well. You know, mm. they're like, let's blown off just a scratch. I go defend my country, put the women and children safely. Men now have this role model in politics that we have not had. I mean, can you just imagine some of the world leaders we know no. in that situation? Well, they all look very, they very out of date all of a sudden. Yeah, they, all look very, they look very out of date. I mean, the idea of, I mean, yeah. there was someone criticised Zelensky yesterday for not wearing a suit when speaking oh, to yeah. American Congress. He's there with his combat outfit. Yeah, well, no, well, he's not wearing combat, so because he's not a soldier, so because he's quite clever like that. So he just wears a khaki T-shirt because mm. he's yeah. he hasn't got medals or anything like that. But what's interesting is that everyone else looks very old-fashioned mm. in comparison. Mm. I mean, even poor old Macron tried to butch himself up the other day and uh, and <laughs> and wore a, wore a hoodie to work. work. But <laughs> yeah. also, I think there's there's a sort of criticism of so-called toxic masculinity around yeah. these days, and the sort of and the whole uh, this whole notion of new men and men who are sort of have lots of feelings mm. and stuff. But the thing about Zelensky is that he has all of those things. Mm. He has the feelings. Well, he's, and he's obviously quite a new man. But he's also, you know, not afraid of his masculinity. Yeah. Which well, I he's think not is, afraid, I think, is yes. what, is, what yeah. is, is extraordinary. But also that, I mean, he has released that fantastic photograph of him with covered in face painting yes, exactly. with his children. So he's he can be the, the so sort, of sort of touchy-feely quiche dad. Yeah. So he's quiche man he's as well as basically Batman. And he, what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. is he's risen the bar. And I, I'm so grateful to him because he's made us all want to be to discover our inner Zelensky. This is human potential. What hmm. he has done, he has risen to the hour. You know, and he's like, he's like William Wallace, you know, they may take our lives, but they never take our freedom, all that. You know, we will show them our faces, not our backs. I mean, this hmm. is 
raising yeah. and, and, and I'm especially for young men to have this role model that isn't toxic mm. but mm. he is so so inspiring and goodness as I say if you compare it when they're all standing up and clapping in their suits and they I mean he is a man among men he is uh, but you compare oh. him to sort of doddery old Joe Biden oh, and, mm. and and actually Putin Putin looks really doddery old from, Putin. from the yeah. 80s he yeah. looks like he's from the 80s it looks very yes. weird yeah. because cheap suit and an awful red tie exactly. and his bloated face. There's something a bit mm. Che Guevara about Zelensky, That's isn't true. There? Yeah. 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 Men, men yeah. need this, because I mean, I, I think a lot of men are thinking, what would I do in that situation? Mm. Would I blame an old football injury I had when I was five to sort of like, you know, <laughs> I've got to go? You know what I mean? But mm. you, ha- you have to wonder, it's making us mm. all think about mm. that and discover. But you mentioned Putin, I'm so glad you did, because the destinies of these two men are so intertwined. Oh, and I know this sounds like they're, they're kind of similar. They're both air signs. We've got the Aquarius, and he is actually a fire snake, because I'm looking at Chinese astrology as well. And then you've got the Libra with Putin, another air sign, and he's a water dragon. So you've got the reptiles in the air battling it out. And you mm. see... Zelensky is what Putin really wants to be, mm. but he can't. And, and the thing is, with, with Zelensky, he's not thought this out at all. It's almost like it's just happened to him because maybe the energy, the vibe he creates has attracted this destiny to him. Mm. You can see mm. it in his eyes. He wants to enjoy life, a sense of adventure. He has great backbone and, and integrity. Mm. Mm. Putin, however, wants all that. I think deep down being a Libra, he does see harmony he does mm. seek justice however he's not got it naturally maybe it's to do with his stature or his anxiety or his paranoia so what he's tried to do is he's tried to force people to respect mm. him in the same way that Zelensky just gets it naturally you do get the sense with Zelensky that this is all rather accidental for him mm. and that he's yeah. a person who just takes what life throws at him and, and runs with it which is clearly what he's do doing you know what here his whereas power is his power, his, he doesn't need the acclaim. He doesn't mm. need people to bow down. He doesn't need it because he has mm. self-worth and integrity. I mean, just seeing him on those Zooms, you know, both first in the UK and then in America, I think he's put some all to shame, really. He is raising the bar, not just for politics, and I do think this whole episode is going to shine a, a spotlight because, you know, with Pluto in Capricorn and everything on finances and the corrupt finances that have financed these oligarchs and yeah. extreme people enabled them. But Already he's is. really, really showing them mm. all up and showing mm. them who they should aspire to be and not just the politicians, but everyone. Yes. So the 25th Men, of women, January... Theresa, 25th of Jan, is that particularly good for communication skills? Because that's what he appears to have in abundance, is that ability to cut through and communicate. He is a fantastic comedian. A lot of Jupiter, the jovial, and with Jupiter comes optimism and goodwill and faith. You know, he basically is manifesting. He has this tremendous power of belief. And as I said, it's when people are around him, they sense he doesn't need their adoration, and mm. that is his true power. He's also quite humble as mm. well. Humility is underrated today. 
I always admire a man who's prepared to make a bit of an ass of himself, which he is prepared, to, <laughs> which he did in all of those hilarious videos of him doing. Teresa, thank you. We have we have run out of time, oh, but yeah. I uh, but I have to say, let's hope he wins. I mean, yeah. I feel I feel it is a struggle of good versus evil. I mean, mm. I know that's very simplistic and it's it not is. at all like it that. It is but, a struggle yeah. of our times, and I say, come, yeah, come at the hour, come, come at the, the man, and he is the man. Thank, thank you, you Teresa. That was Teresa Chung, author of Astrology Decoded. Thank you. If you enjoy listening to The Half Hour, why not visit mailplus.co.uk slash subscribe to get access to all our other podcasts, videos, opinion pieces, and more. And if you want to get in touch, tweet us at mailplus, me at Westminster Wag, or Imogen at Imogen EJ. You have been listening to The Half Hour with me, Sarah Vine, and Imogen Edwards-Jones. Thank you for listening. Thank you. 